millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Something has changed. Give me a minute. Give me a second to figure it out. Everybody freeze like a T-Rex is about to attack you. <laughs> That's right. It's a Thursday morning. And on Wednesday night, we only had one wrestling show, which meant the next day there wasn't a bunch of crazy people going, oh, this is rubbish, this is blah, blah, and just making all this madness coming out of their mouths. So you can watch NXT on Tuesday, and it's great. You can watch Dynamite on Wednesday, and it's great. And we can just take all this greatness and chuck it into the universe, and then it will rebound, and it will hit you in the mug then you'll feel great. That's just maths. But don't worry about any of that gibberish because my name is Simon Miller. Welcome to What Culture Wrestling. And what we do have to do is take the finger of power and go through the latest episode of AEW Dynamite and give the good bits an up and the bad bits are down. I suppose we're building to blood and guts and who the hell knows who's gonna die there. Let's see if we can't figure it out by upping those downs. Young Bucks video started this week's episode of Dynamite. They not Abby. Explaining their actions from last week, they said that they chose friendship and they chose friendship because despite being the tag team champions and being brilliant in the ring, when they'd been walking around backstage, they felt like frauds. They wanted to get their edge back so they have taken a new path and I think all of this is great. Because even if you want to go, but wait a minute, Matt and Nick Jackson, you have been doing phenomenally well, but that's the point. They've been manipulated, they've had their brains twisted, and now they are headed to the dark side, and there ain't nothing you can do to stop them. But then cut to another skit with Mike Tyson, and all I ask of the world of professional wrestling is can every single wrestler start acting and performing like Iron Mike? Because he was like half mucking around here, but also half like, if you do anything I don't enjoy, I'll kill you. He is excited about being a special guest enforcer though tonight on the show, where of course MJF approached him and said, hey, here's a blank check, Iron Mike Tyson. Why don't you come work for me? Because Mike Tyson is a crazy guy. He took the check, put it in his mouth, he swallowed it and then spat the remains right into Maxwell's face. Now I have no idea if this is true or not, but usually when you watch Dynamite, they make sure they get to their first match, lickety split, but here, we got a little bit of depth and a little bit of story. And I'm going to assume that's probably because Tony Carnet all went, well, we can actually take our time. We don't have to worry about people tuning into NXT. And I think 
that is for the best. It was then time for that traditional opening match, and my word. I mean, for starters, the Young Bucks have changed their gear because they're bad guys now, and they kind of look like clouds, and they were taking on Pac and Phoenix, and it was just otherworldly. It's one of those matches where I'm watching it making notes going, why am I even going to recount this? I can't do it justice. It's like looking at the Mona Lisa and me saying, well, it's just a woman and she's got a little bit of a smile. Up. The Jacksons came out with Don Callis, so that is that. And the first thing we saw was Matt taking on Pac. And they started wrestling to begin with. And it was just so smooth. I rubbed my bald patch and I thought, well, that feels smooth. And I guess this is kind of the visual representation of my head. And I questioned my own existence and I moved on. There was this cute bit too where Matt accidentally went to the good guy part of the ring and almost tagged in Ray Phoenix. And I won't lie, I never actually realized that there was a good guy part of the ring and a bad guy part of the ring when it comes to tags. But now I do know, so I feel educated. They both eventually did tag out, which meant it's now time for Nick versus Phoenix. And I swear when they do do this, they flick a switch on their leg, which automatically allows them to defy what a human being should be able to do. Some of the skits and the segments and the spots they put together here, I was sat there with my mouth ajar like, oh, Stan, what's going on? It doesn't make any sense. It calmed down after Nick had smashed Phoenix with a lariat, and in the crowd we saw the Butcher and the Blade, and we saw the Jurassic Express, and we saw a bunch of other teams, and the commentators were like, oh, I wonder who's going to be next. And SCU were there as well, and if they are going to be next, could we kind of go back to that story at some point? It just drops you. Back in the ring, everybody was doing dives and we essentially built to a hot tag from Pac. I think the second move he did after that was a brain buster and Matt Jackson landed right on his head. And when that didn't work, Pac just grabbed Jackson and started thumping his head into the turnbuckle. It was so over the top and silly, it made me laugh. This worried Nick, so behind the referee's back, he tripped Pac. Then our tag team champions were just slamming Pac and Phoenix into the ring apron. And I did some research, which apparently is on my hand, and it's the hardest part of the ring. There was also this great bit where Pac was about to tag in Phoenix, but Nick Jackson pulled Ray off the apron at the last moment. I always enjoy that. And then eventually Phoenix did get in there, and I don't know what I meant to tell you. Do you want me to say that at one point he ran up the ropes and did this crazy hurricane runner and then hit both Matt and Nick Jackson with cutters? Because if you do want me to say that, you'll be pleased. That's exactly what he did. I mean, it was such good offense. I even had this moment where I was like, maybe they're going to lose the tag team titles, even though you would never do that, given they've only just turned heel. And then there was just a million super kicks that was followed off by a destroyer, thanks to Nick Jackson. And I was like, I'm watching a video game. This is a video game where you've stored up your meter and you've got all your finishes and you're just spamming away. And yet somehow it's happening in reality. At one point, Nick had to go and grab Mac and dragged him to his corner, I think, because Matt had his ass whipped so much. And this is where we built to the finish and really doubled down on this fact that Matt and Nick Jackson are no longer good people and are straight up dicks. Because they booted Pac in the balls and then took the mask off Ray Phoenix. And this was such a mark of disrespect, he had to hide his face. But unfortunately, when he was doing that, he got super kicked by both of them. One, two, three, the Young Bucks retained. But this was just madness and something you need to see. I mean, what a great group of professional wrestlers. And don't come into my house and start saying, well, there was no story here. There was loads of story here. We even had the callback to all this mass stuff that the Young Bucks and Phoenix have been doing for a while. Maybe intentionally right after that too, we were chatting with Hangman Adam Page in the back. And Alex Marvez even said, hey, Hangman, your record is really good. Do you have anything to say about Kenny Omega? And do you have anything to say about the Young Bucks? 
and he just ignored it and started talking about John Silver's shoulder because the Dark Order was all around him like, and man, we will be your friend. Don't worry about your old buddies. But everybody stay calm. It's all right. The cowboy is going to be the person to bring balance to the force. We just have to be very, very patient. Another interview followed this too with the Inner Circle is Chris Jericho explained. The reason him and Mike Tyson are now friends, even though they fell out a few months ago, was that after the pinnacle attacked, he had rang up Iron Mike and said, look, Mike, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done what I did do. Will you forgive me? I guess Mike Tyson said yes. Now, I do get that's a little bit light on its feet, but at least AEW gave us something. But surely we need something similar when it comes to Papa Buck. Now, I know the Young Bucks have gone all bad guys, so we don't care anymore, but Chris Jericho and MJF still tried to kill an elderly gentleman, and I, I should just let this go. Who really cares? But you must get in these predicaments every now and then because we are all wrestling nerds. Something just gets in your head and you're like, I can't just ignore it, even though in the grand scheme of things, who even gives up? But you do have to mention it. A month ago, Chris Jericho was attempting murder and now he's being all like, I'm a good guy. And it's great. I really like this transition. I think it was the absolute right time for that one little bit alone. He's got to get it down. But then you got Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet. And I was quite excited about this because AEW has been bigging it up and building it up for quite some time. And no longer are we allowed to say stupid things about Jade Cargill. I think by this juncture, she has proven herself. Velvet went nuts at the bell, so Jade just booted her in the face. But then when Jade Cargill was going to go for a suplex, Red Velvet was like, well, whatever you can do, I can do better. So she booted her back. Followed up with a dive to the outside because of course she did. But the problem was they were on the outside now. So Cargill grabbed Red Velvet and not only did she throw her into the barricade, but she gave her a fall away slam into the crowd. I guess you gotta throw her somewhere. It was pretty back and forth too until Cargill Arkham and silent herself and went for a spear in the corner, missed and went into the ring post. But from there, Red Velvet hit a bulldog, followed it up with a standing moonsault and got a near two. She then decided she needed a bigger one so she went up the top rope. She went to do another moonsault but absolutely missed that. Jade Cargill was bad up. She hit that wheelbarrow pin slam thingamajig. She got the one, two, three. And I thought this ticked all the boxes. And also, it was just really, really fun. And sometimes that's all I need is a little bit of fun. I had another great interview with Britt Baker next. She was over the moon that Red Velvet had lost. Because if other women in the division do keep getting defeated and she keeps winning, which she plans to do on Elevation and Dark, then she will climb up the rankings and she can get herself a title shot. Now, I don't want to be that guy. So it means I'm going to be that guy. But this is exactly what WWE should have done with Charlotte Flair. It is such a simple story, but it just gets me invested and it gets me intrigued. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I am so high on this new factory stable in AEW2, and I admit that a large reason for that is because Anthony Agogo is now <laughs> a go, somebody's going to fire me, and of course because he's from these British Isles, from these shores, well I just find it somewhat of an inspiration, especially because he used to be a boxer, he then had to retire, he then decided he was going to be a pro wrestler, and now he's debuting on AEW. I mean, that's pretty damn good. As an aspiring pro wrestler myself, it also keeps me motivated. And man, are they doing a good job with his character. He was taken on Cole Carter here, which suggested it was probably going to be a squash match, which it was, but we had a little bit of a twist. Because of course, Anthony Agogo used to be a former boxer. We've already talked about it. So at one point he took that fist and he smashed Cole so hard in the ribs and the stomach area, he went down and the referee looked at him and went, well, you're never going to be able to get up from that, so I'm stopping the match. And I just think stuff like that is so unique, it makes it stand out, and you're like, well, who the hell is he going to go and punch next? And don't pretend this doesn't work. Look at Bobby Lashley, the WWE Champion. If I told you even a year ago, he is going to retain his title using a full Nelson at WrestleMania 37, the show of shows are showcasing the immortals, you would have spat on me because you thought it was dumb, but we got it over, and we got it over with time, and we got it over with good ideas. Well, I cannot wait to see what's next for Anthony Agogo and the factory. It just all works for me. Damn it, I miss my hands. Quick promo with Miro next, where he said, Kip Sabian hasn't shown up around here for a while, and I'm starting to question where he is. And I'm not gonna lie, it was a little bit like Miro had killed Kip Sabian and buried him under the floorboards. That's a little bit much. Still, he's sick and tired of waiting, so the rest of the AEW roster better be on notice because Miro is coming from them. And I really like this new version of Miro. And I'm hoping this is us pulling the trigger for real. Honestly, if you want to make him AEW champion at some point, you ain't going to hear me moan. Chris Jericho was then taken on Dax Harwood with Mike Tyson as the special guest enforcer. See, AEW can do sports entertainment. This was just really easy to watch, to be honest. And we had Sammy Guevara and Cash Wheeler at ringside, but everybody else was banned. Otherwise, Mike Tyson was going to eat them alive too. And mostly, the early story was, Mike may be friends with Chris Jericho now, but he's calling it down the middle. So when Jericho tried to use a chair, he stopped that. And when Harwood was maybe using the ring in ways he shouldn't have done, Tyson stopped that too. But what he couldn't stop was when they were on the outside and Harwood used a microphone, so Chris Jericho retaliated with a pen. Jericho then got the camera and did that whole flipping off thing, which I'm not allowed to do on YouTube because they'll ban me. Jericho hit a lion salt for two and eventually locked in the walls before Harwood cheap shot his way out of that one and transitioned right into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll up. 
but these two guys are just so experienced and the champion got out of there. At this point, Sammy decided to take out Wheeler because he was getting a little too close to the action. And then back in the ring, we were having code breakers and brain busters when all of a sudden the pinnacle started to run to the ring they got cut off by the inner circle. Because there was so much carnage going on, Wheeler then snuck to get Floyd the baseball bat and he was gonna pass that to his tag team partner. But Mike Tyson saw this, walked up to him, and he punched him right in the face. And one of two things happened. One, that was a very, very well-worked wrestling punch. Or two, Mike Tyson just cracked him right in the face and that poor man had to take it. I mean, honestly, go out of your way to see it. It kind of looks really brutal. Harwood was then about to hit a pile driver in the ring, but Sammy Guevara jumped up into the ring apron because he knows how wrestlers worked. And Harwood was all like, oh, I don't know what's going on. He was distracted. So Jericho smashed him with the Judas effect to get the one, two, three. Very nice. Afterwards, Jericho also let us know that Mike Tyson is officially in the inner circle. So that's lovely jubbly. And honestly, when we get to blood and guts, the pinnacle have to murder the inner circle because ever since the inner circle has returned to TV, the pinnacle have been kind of crap. And this is fine, like I say, as long as we get to that super special TV event and they absolutely go crazy. The Elite was then standing outside the arena all together and it was quite the sight to see. They said that they haven't changed and now they're just being themselves. And Don Callis promised us more surprises. And shout out to that guy on Twitter who got in touch with me and said, I think it's going to be Triple H, my friend, my buddy. I will put my life on the line, my literal life, that it's not going to be the game. It ended with the Young Bucks pretending they were going to super kick the cameraman, but then Don Callis did it instead. And yes, he did slap his leg. And I really like this heel group. I've said it time and time again. I love factions. Give me as many as possible. And this one feels like the real deal. Obviously. Thunder Rosa video followed after that and she's coming from everybody in the women's division. And I was like, damn right, Thunder Rosa. I don't think we've seen you since you had that crazy match with Britt Baker. Everybody should be walking around with like Thunder Rosa flags at the moment. But I guess slowly but surely she's making her way back. We then did the same thing that we did for Anthony Agogo with Chris Statlander. And I say good up. Because after her long running injury, Chris was finally back in the ring and we put her against Amber Nova and just reminded everyone, oh yeah, Chris Statlander is really good. He was bopping noses all over the place and personally, I'm glad that is back because it always makes me chuckle. I'm just that kind of a guy. And then eventually she hit Amber with the Big Bang Theory and got the one, two, three. She did all these other power moves too and you're like, oh my gosh, she is so powerful but there's not much more to say here. We went out there to do a job and a job we did. She is also officially with the best friends too because she came out with them and they were supporting her in her corner, which again, I also like, keep giving me the factions, keep giving me the groups, keep giving me the stables. Why wouldn't you have buddies in professional wrestling? I really liked our angle with Team Taz and Christian too. And I'll admit it, I wasn't 100% sure about this last week. It seemed a little bit confusing, but actually good. It's still bad news in the world of Team Taz because we saw them before they got to the ring and Taz was telling Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, you two are acting like children. You're not allowed to come out to the squared circle. We really need to recruit Christian Cage and I think you guys are going to flub it up. All they really need is love and the color orange. But unfortunately, when Christian did come to the ring with an interview with Tony Schiavone, as it did turn out, Taz had been texting him and Christian had ignored all of this. 
episode, so we were about to have a row. Because halfway through, Taz did storm out and he was all pissed off, but what we allowed them to do here was just veterans going crazy on the microphone. Because this was like the Christian we remember from years ago. He was being arrogant and he was being a little bit of a dick and he was just throwing barbs and zingers including insulting Taz for the fact that he's not very tall. That meant that Will Hobbs then marched to the ring to beat up Christian because he didn't like what he was saying about Taz. And just as Christian was about to hit the unprettier, what the hell we're calling it these days, Hook was on the apron. That caused a distraction and my word, Will Hobbs hit Christian so hard, it was like he'd been attacked by a truck. I don't know how a truck attacks anything, but I'm standing by it. It also means that next week we are getting Christian versus Will Hobbs and that's exactly the kind of things you should be doing with a legend like Mr. Cage. I'm really looking forward to this. I mean it. As in our main event, as Matt Hardy was taken on Darby Allen for the TNT Championship in a Falls Count Anywhere match. And what a spectacle this was. And also, I just want to send some thoughts and feelings to the Hardy family because their dad passed away in the last week or so. And obviously that's never fun, but when it comes to the Hardy Boys, I'm pretty sure he was instrumental in starting their wrestling career. So yeah, I just hope they're doing okay. Back to the match, however. Given that rules weren't the thing, the first thing that Matt Hardy did was, Hello, look at this steel chair, Darby Allen. Would you like me to attack you with it? Darby Allen said no, but Matt Hardy disagreed. So he started to wallop the champion so hard, in around about 32 seconds, you could see the welts on his back. The whole match was kind of based around this chair, because within about five minutes, Matt Hardy had Darby Allen's neck within it, and I think he was going to give him a twist of fate, but that woke up Darby Allen. He was like, oh wait, no, I don't want to die, and he started to fight back. He started to use the chair to his own advantage, when of course out came the Hardy family, even though Matt said he didn't want them there. And the Butcher and the Blade, because they closed up shop for the day, had a trash can and they just chucked it right into Darby Allen's face. This was also the trigger for Sting and the Dark Order to come out there because of course Sting wanted to help his son. And as I said last week, and as I'm gonna say again now, I love the fact that you don't see Sting and Darby Allen together anymore, but they're still helping each other out. I've already made my point about this around about 10 minutes ago. I ain't gonna make it again. It then went absolutely nuts, and I'll try and get this right if I can, because Ethan Page and Scorpion Sky were out here for some reason, and they were trying to get involved with Sting, but then Lance Archer came out and he started to beat everybody out, and then there was kind of this mutual respect between Sting and Lance Archer, including Lance just pointing at the Stinger. And I don't know whether that was code for make sure you throw your back to Darby Allen, because straight away, he threw his back to Darby Allen. Now that is terrible parenting because you should never give your child a weapon, but also it didn't work. Matt Hardy instead hit Darby Allen right in the testicles and followed up with a twist of fate, but alas, he could only get a two. Because of that though, he took Darby, he went backstage, he set him up on a table, he climbed a ladder and then hit a leg drop through all of this carnage, and don't forget Matt Hardy had that problem with his back only a couple of years ago. So officially, Matt Hardy is crazy. Alan soon got his revenge by also hitting Matt Hardy right in the balls. And then if you can believe it, ever since October 2019, and I may be wrong, we had our first breaking of the English announce table. And what a flubbing way to do it. Because using the bat, he was able to put Matt Hardy onto this wood and then he climbed up the scaffolding and he was pretty damn high and he hit a coffin drop from there through the announce table, essentially murdered Matt Hardy and was able to get a one, two, three. And I audibly said out loud, you're gonna end a show 
That's a way to do it. I mean, what a bonkers match to have on a random Wednesday. And you always see these few people going, AEW does this too much. What, gives us crazy over-the-top wrestling matches? Oh yeah, what a bind. I'm absolutely devastated by this news. It, of course, is getting it up. Which brought us to the end of the first ever AEW Dynamite that wasn't staring down the barrel of an NXT gun. And they did what they had to do. I had a very good time, and therefore it's getting it up. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.